This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. There's a bug going around, the startup bug. Colorado has always attracted big dreamers, but we've never seen as many new business filings as we've seen so far this year. So to help celebrate Denver Startup Week this week, we brought in the biggest star of this year's networking palooza to talk about what's hot, what's not, and why he thinks the AI moment is not total BS. Plus, all the other local stories that mattered this week. Today is Friday, September 22nd. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hey, before we start the show, I want to tell you about something cool. Do you like what we do here? Do you value local journalism? Become a founding member of CityCast Denver today. For as little as eight bucks a month, you can help make this show happen. Plus, you get access to ad-free listening. Visit membership.citycast.fm for more info. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city where you can now buy vape juice that smells and maybe tastes like Illegal Pete's famous queso. Sorry, (laughs) this was something... You're going to blame me for this one, too? This is such a Paul thing. I this it sounds so disgusting to me. You doesn't isn't there a part of you that's like, yeah, I'll try that. No. I like the queso. The queso is very good. I uh, maybe that's part of it is like I'm not a fan of Legal Pete's queso. So Where's your queso? I mean, I I I I call it like skating rink cheese like that you get with a pretzel uh-huh. like a seriously atomic out of a bag. That's really my kind of queso. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. When they have uh, skating rink vape cartridges i guess let I me know, know. i've know. never vaped so i don't know actually i haven't either <laughs> we're the wrong, yeah, we're the not, wrong demographic for, for this well queso flavored vape juice aside it's friday we're in the 5280 magazine studios in beautiful downtown denver and especially this morning oh my oh, god it's one of those days where you're like this is why people move here mm-hmm yes exactly outside. It's, it's gorgeous beautiful. it's beautiful um we have a special guest today He's the CEO of Magic School AI, one of the fastest growing startups in Denver with 170,000 users in just six months. And this week, he was one of the keynote speakers at Denver Startup Week. Adil Khan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and that is now 200,000 users, and that's less than four months. What? Um, and we're super excited about the growth and, and helping teachers with artificial intelligence. Magic School sounds pretty sick. 
It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting what new is, idea. T- what is this? What is it? So Magic School AI is a generative uh, AI platform for teachers. So if uh, listeners are familiar with things like ChatGPT. Um, sure. This is uh, a platform that captures all the highest leverage use cases for a K-12 educator, puts them in one place, makes them really easy to use. You don't have to be a prompt engineer. You don't have to be have you know gone really deep with, uh, with AI. And you can get some really high quality materials um, generated from the platform. So-, so this is when you, sorry, you used a very large term, high leverage use cases. So this is like, would you explain that like gathering, is that like gathering data and putting it into, what, what does that mean? No, it's basically using the power of this transformative technology uh, that has kind of taken the world by storm the last uh, eight, 12 months. And uh, think, saying, you know, what, uh, as a former educator myself, I thought to myself when I was tinkering with ChatGPT, what would I use this for? Sure. So like what, what can AI do um, that a teacher needs help with that could assist them in doing it? The way that I think about it when I describe using generative AI, not just to teachers, but to, to anyone who's using it in the work world is, you know, you're still doing the thinking, but you're outsourcing some of the doing to AI. Paul, what's your, what are your thoughts on this type of AI? I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting thing that's happening right now. I think it's totally unproven, actually, in the marketplace. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm interested in talking about today is like you came to this from a, being a principal at a local high school, very well-rated, ranked high school. Um, but it's Denver Startup Week this week. And uh, AI, I understand, is like the thing. So, I, I, I want to hear about your experience. Like, what, what are people talking about at Denver Startup Week? As a first-time entrepreneur, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? So one, I was as a first-time entrepreneur. Who's the, this is the first time I've also been at Denver Startup Week, um, and I have been just astonished by the level of community. And uh, there's a saying that they they ascribe to, which is "give first. So there are a lot of very established entrepreneurs who've been very successful who come to the Startup Week, and their whole mentality is, "I want to help new entrepreneurs and help them get their businesses off the ground." Um, the amount of people who are really engaged and excited to be there was just inspiring. I will now reveal my secret motive for wanting to have you on the show in the first place, which was to finally get to talk about my experience at Denver Startup Week five years ago. I was the host of the official CityCast, or no, the official uh, Denver Startup Week podcast, Mile High Hustle. And what you just said, like, took me right back to that moment. I remember being in that room and seeing how hard people go for this. Yeah. This, like, what is essentially a giant networking event. I mean, at the time they called it the largest free entrepreneurial event in the world. I said that a bajillion times. <laughs> now I looked at their website, they call it something else now. They call it like the largest free event of its kind. But like, it is, it is really a time where this community comes out and like is all over downtown and it is just exhausting is what my memory of it. I mean, there are so many events going on at once, like it's really hard to keep track of it all. Um, but it is this idea that, you know, Mike Johnston, our, our new mayor, came and spoke and, you know, he talked about startups and new businesses being the lifeblood of of cities. And I think that that, that can be true. Um, is create- that your sense of him, honestly? Because every politician is going to say that, right? And do you really think, how do you honestly feel? 
You asked someone who Mike's the reason I'm in Denver. He is uh, he's been my mentor for a long time. Uh, so you ask somebody who's going to have a really heavy <laughs> bias here. Uh, but I do believe Mike. I think that he he cares deeply about businesses. I think that you know in a lot of the campaign stops that he did, he talked about how like the fact that buildings downtown are empty and we have like a real mass exodus from like the business district and part of that is COVID, um, that, that contributes to a tax base that affects, you know, as a former principal, um, you know, we need that money to, to run our schools and run them well. And I think that when we cultivate business interests here, like that affects everything, right? Like when the businesses are paying taxes in our city and we're attracting businesses to our city, um, it affects our public services, it affects, it affects our roads. Um, so I think that Mike believes that because I, it's true. Um, and uh, I think that Denver is a destination city, right? Like we just talked about how beautiful the weather is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, know, we a, are we a destination for folks that are working in this space? You know, I actually heard, uh, so one, there, there are two things that have been interesting that I heard this week. One is that Denver, uh, this community of startup founders uh, in Denver is is really tight knit because it is still relatively small compared to like a Silicon Valley in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's people across industry who really know each other and want to support each other here. Um, and then two, I met somebody who actually moved from Silicon Valley to take his startup from Silicon Valley to Denver. Uh, and his words to me were like, it was so crowded in mm. Silicon Valley. Like I couldn't you know, really make connections. I was one of a hundred people building the same company that these other folks were. And here I feel like there's an ecosystem that can support me um, and some really brilliant tech founders. And quite frankly, like unicorn startups have been founded in Denver. Companies like Guild, Education here, many of which I had no idea about. Like there's not really a great, I don't know, there wasn't for me. It's it's easy to be completely outside of this ecosystem and have no idea what's happening. This is interesting to me because it sounds a lot like um, I come from the art world and uh, I lived in New York for a little while, and when you have an idea in New York, there's five million people doing that idea too, and you're fighting for space and you're fighting for funding. And then I came back home to Denver, and I was like, "Oh, this is where I'm going to start my music festival because it's just easier, and there's just less there's less people doing what you're doing, but sometimes it means there's more folks supporting what you're doing, like very organically and honestly." You know, yeah, I I could see how that would work similarly for Silicon Valley versus Denver. Uh, It's honestly a little bit uh, corny. Some parts of this, like what you're talking about. I remember when we covered it on the podcast, we were talking about this idea. All of the the heads of the of startup week were like, "You got to tell the story about the spur. You got to. This is the the story about Denver. The spur. The spur. Do you, you know this story? I'm sure you both know this story. But this is when in early Denver, um, when the railroad was being built across the country, there were debates over what the route was going to be, and it ended up going through Cheyenne, Wyoming. But the people of Denver, the business leaders, the politicians at the time, of early Denver, were all like, "We got to get together and just build a, a railroad spur so we." can get some of this commerce coming to Denver. And they did it together, collaborated, worked together, and then it ended up being totally successful and is why Denver we're, grew so fast. I was and, gonna say, why we're the yeah, capital. Why we're where we are now, yeah. And it's like, it's that same spirit. It's like a genuine tradition that people do. I think it does resonate still today. I think so. We talk a lot about that on this show of the narrative of the West and why people have come mm. here for decades. And it, it changes throughout uh, as technology changes, but there's still the similar reasons. Adil, I want to ask you about politics because yeah. I remember when I so the big coup we had on this podcast I've been talking about was uh, we booked an interview with uh, then lame duck governor Hickenlooper, 
It was, I was very nervous going up, doing the interview. It was, and it was also just an awful interview because it was like, <laughs> we only got it because the people who run Startup Week were his friends. Hmm. They were, he was part of this community. He was a business owner downtown. Sure. That's who runs this event. Totally. He was just part of it. That's, you know, the whole, this whole spirit of the spur thing. Um, I'm not sure that is the same way anymore because I there was this survey from the Colorado Chamber of Commerce that said 64% of business owners, their top worry is state level regulations. Seems like they're feeling some sort of like persecution or like they're overburdened by the political atmosphere. What's what's your sense of the relationship there? You know, I didn't hear a lot about it uh, at Startup Week this week. There wasn't a huge political overtone in anything that I, I got to be a part of this week. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, there have been political interests nationally that have done an extraordinary job of painting pictures of, you know, different types of, of leaders. And that's uh, our state's not immune to that of, you know, we there is a perception. I think you can see this on on Silicon Valley Twitter that like uh, folks who are probably traditionally have pretty progressive values are uh, in the startup space and starting to say things that you're like, that's way outside of the values that I think you have. And uh, because they believe that they're going to have more friendly policies when it comes to um, when it comes to, to regulation and uh, and those kinds of things. And, you know, regulation is, is a hot button topic with AI right now. Um, there, oh, yeah. is, there is no regulation. Right. right. Um, you, is there anything you're worried about that people are talking about or do you have any ideas? Well, I, I personally believe AI needs to be regulated, um, mm -hmm. and then actually, you know, the leaders in the AI space, like Sam Altman and, and others, also are you know lobbying Congress as we speak and having. There's, I think, a controversial moment in the last two weeks where they had like a closed door meeting with Schumer and others, and uh, which they described as productive. I think it was Elon Musk and Sam Altman and and uh, Zuckerberg. I think Elon said it was going to go down as one of the most important moments in human history. Yep. In his, in his his classic <laughs> Elon style, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, I know, I don't know about all of that. I'm not sure what happened in that meeting, but uh, but I, I will say that I think that AI needs to be regulated. It's incredibly powerful, and these models yeah. are getting extraordinarily uh, more capable by the minute. Um, I think I this winter we will see models that are more powerful than the ones that we've like significantly more powerful than the ones that we've seen, and that gives me concern. The biggest concern I have is around the election next year. And we've already known that like Russia's meddled in our elections. Uh, so, you know, and they didn't have the power of this generative AI to, hmm. to kind of enhance their propaganda machine. And now generative AI can, you can make a million agents building propaganda. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's real valid reasons if we don't have regulation, we don't have real thoughtfulness that we could be in, in for, for an election like we've never seen before. And, and, you know, the last election can just be, might just have been the beginnings of, of, uh, of what we're, we're going to be seeing over the next decade or so. So it's urgent. Uh, a deal five years ago at the Denver startup week, the, we, we made an episode about like the emerging industries, the, the new hotness. And that's kind of what we're talking about now. AI seems like it was the, the new hotness this week. It, would you say that at Denver startup week this week? Definitely. Absolutely. Ab yeah. Clearly. Right. Okay. Five years ago, it was weed and cryptocurrency. <laughs> That's ex that. This is what the same feeling that you're bringing about well, so, AI. So one of those was enduring. You, well, was it? Which one? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say weed. Am weed I is tanking right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The sales peaked in 2021 pandemic, I guess, and now we've gone down ever since. Every year since, back to like pre 2019, 2018 levels. 
It's like full on tanking. So let me give you what I think the big difference is here. So one, I think that you, so weed, it's hard for me to speak on. I I don't, I'm not super connected to that industry. I thought it was doing really well. Uh, But for cryptocurrency is a good example, like Web3, whatever you want to call it. Uh, You had to believe a lot of things in order for that to be meaningful, right? You had to believe that the future would be in the metaverse. You'd have to believe that like, we're going to be using digital currency in every transaction that was not the US dollar. There were a lot of like, you'd have to make some leaps about like what the future would be like to be compelled by that. You had to believe your bro friend that was the only one telling you about crypto, who also was a Joe Rogan fan. And I was like, dude, you're the only person in my life talking about this. I don't know how legit it is. <laughs> who also happened to be doing a lot of weed. Um, yes. Oh, maybe there oh, is grew, a connection. He grew weed in our house. So yes. <laughs> yes. But for this, like, you don't have to be, you don't have to have your, you know, you don't have to peak an imagination. It's in front of us. We can all use it. And what the learning curve is now is just, adoption. It's the technology is extraordinarily powerful. I always say this, there's like these huge numbers of, of people who've used AI. It's like, it's the fastest growing technology ever. Like the OpenAI's ChatGPT is the fastest growing app of all time. But the vast majority of people who use ChatGPT go to it and they say like, what, what are some ideas for dinner tonight? Or what's the capital of Vermont? They think of it like search. Um, yeah, when yeah. In, that is not what you should do with it. Like okay. the most powerful thing to do with it is ask it to do something extraordinarily challenging and specific, and then you'll get the magic of AI out of it. You still have to you have to do way more thinking than you would for a Google search, and then you'll see like, oh, it did the thing that I I didn't think that anything could do. This we're not wired. We have been searching our whole lives, so we know that we type in a short search phrase. This is a whole new way of interacting with computers that people are still learning, even if yeah. they've touched it. So I think that that's going to get clearer to people. People get more education around these things. But when you know how to do that really well, you have this like you know robot work partner with you at all times. Huh. Interesting. I feel I, I, this is such an interesting moment, I think, for AA, because that gap you're talking about, that's still a very real gap. Like people still learning how to use it and I mean, what it could be for. Internet literacy in general yeah. is something that folks struggle with. I think about like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like how to use the internet or how to function on the internet and all these unspoken rules and ways we're supposed to speak and where we're, you know, like I can imagine this would be very daunting and we are using the only thing we know how to do, which is Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I make fettuccine Alfredo or whatever? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. And it, I feel like I see the potential that you see. Um, but I wonder, you know, cause the weed and cryptocurrency thing was like, are people actually smoking weed? They're smoking less weed. That's why people are making less money. Cryptocurrency, no one's actually using it to buy anything. They're not using it for anything. So it doesn't mean anything. AI, we're going to see that soon. I mean, what I can report to you is, you know, we've, uh, the users have exploded for us. But one other thing that we also track very closely is are people using it after they join the app? Are they using the app regularly in their work? And how much are they using it? And that is going up just as fast. Hmm. Um, and I, I would just, I would argue that teachers aren't the most, the fastest to adopt technology, right? So like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you that we, we launched an app, we have 200,000 users in less than four months and usage is going up amongst those users. So like, I think that, you know, we have evidence in front of us today that says that this is not, um, cryptocurrency. Uh, so I, I think that this is their substance here. Um, and we're in the very, very early innings, but I think there's a lot more that, that will be exciting ahead and, and also, you know, things that we're going to want to reel in as well. I'm optimistic. I hope you figure it out. It sounds like you're figuring it out. Whoever figures it out, I hope they're from Denver. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> 
Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, our mile highs. Nope. <laughs> our Rocky our Mountain. High, high, Rocky Mountain highs. Our Rocky Mountain highs and our below sea level lows. Okay. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And we're back. With Rocky Mountain highs and lows, things that were awesome and things that sucked this week <laughs> in Denver. Paul, do you want to start with a fail? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. I got some. I got a big topic here for us to talk about, um, and it's legacy. Legacy. We sometimes talk on the show about legacy. You know, people. What? What? Mark, Subaru do legacies. Need? What Subaru are you? Uh... Legacy. It's a hell of a car. No, um, I want to talk about uh, the legacy of former District Nine Councilman Albus Brooks. He lost his District 9 seat two cycles ago. You know, people, you know, he's not really in the news, um, it, but he's he's still very much involved in politics and development. So it's important to talk about um, this story where he featured in a very small way that came out this week. It's, it's city council. They voted on a redevelopment project Monday night. Um, the all-in motel, I guess someone has been working on redeveloping it. Uh, Which is at Colfax, Colfax and Williams? Uh, 3015 East Colfax. Okay. I'm not actually sure. The cross streets. Um, but anyway, uh, in, this, in the reporting around the redevelopment of this motel, uh, it came out that a few years ago when uh, this developer guy, Brian Torber, bought it, uh, at the time, the All-In Motel was just this cheap place for mostly unhoused folks. Um, Transitional housing spot, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this is where Brooks comes in. A uh, quote from Business Den. Torber said he bought the site expecting to do a residential project, but that then-councilman Albus Brooks encouraged him to consider a hotel. He did not. <gasps> Add so this to my was, list of things that I think Albus Brooks did wrong. What? He, it was going to be housing. When do we need more hotels? When have exactly. we ever needed more hotels? When exactly. Albus should know, also, Albus should know better. He was like king of the camping van. Come on, bro. So anyway, this project, thanks to city council, an eight to five vote on Monday night, is still going to get public financing to become public a boutique hotel. To become a boutique hotel. Are you kidding me? This is, and this involves Denver Urban Renewal Authority, which has a sordid past. This is, oof, this is ugly. I don't like this. I'm, I'm just surprised this happened, to be honest. I'm not. It's like, feels like same old, same old. It's like, we keep having a housing problem, but we don't want to solve it. Not that one place is going to solve yeah. it, but I would say that's a centrally located place. It's right on a bus line. That would be a wonderful spot for apartments or housing. 
Good deal. Do you want to enter this? Do you want to enter the Thunderdome of Brie being mad? Yeah, well, I'll I'll go on a lighter note of a low. Um, But uh, Rocky Mountain low this week, um, I will say is, you know, we, one of our, uh, we have an intern at Magic School, and she's mm. a former student of mine. Uh, her name's Olivia Hebert. Shout out, Olivia. Uh, and she's a Denver native. She's amazing. Hey. Uh, and she actually transitioned out of working at the CU Boulder bookstore, which uh, if you guys haven't caught Dion Fever yet, I oh, certainly have. Oh, we have. Uh, yeah. Okay. We've yeah. got I am obsessed. I, 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 I went to Virginia Tech, go Hokies, but man, like I can't, <laughs> I am captured by this story. And uh, she told me, I was like, can you get me some merch? Like she's right, she's in Boulder right now. She works, we were mostly a remote team. Uh, and she was like, it's a three week wait for anything no. at the bookstore Oh, right yeah, now, I, heard so. it's, I, I heard their sales went up like 800% or really? something. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, That's great. Yeah, and she's, you know, she was there last year, and she was just like, it. it's just unrecognizable. She worked at the bookstore last year and now works at it this year, and she's just like, it is absolutely a madhouse and you just you just can't get merchandise right now so i'm gonna have to wait at least a month to get my uh my buffs jerseys my we come in shirts so i, I hope they're still you know, cruising we're really yeah. a, we're a bootleg family here and <laughs> recommend mm-hmm. just driving down any major thoroughfare here in denver and you might see one maybe more so in boulder but <laughs> i want the little wayne buffs jersey oh Yes. He had one with his nickname, Tunchi, on it when he performed the other day. And I was like, I guess if you're Lil Wayne, you probably can get that made for you. Custom. But I can't exploded. believe C. That is a bummer. is cool in that way. Now. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm on the bandwagon that like anything that makes Colorado cool is cool. And also Deion Sanders is really He's pretty objectively cool. cool. Yeah, he's, he's objectively just cool. very yeah. cool. My he's friend, in the GQ style Hall of Fame. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Which is... Sports is an underrated arena. It's now finally getting its due, but sports players have long been vehicles for incredible fashion before stylists, before all of that. But um, my my best friend sent me a TikTok of Dion's son doing an impression of him. It's beautiful. I hope I hope my own son makes fun of me in the way that he does. It's so funny. But we we are with you. It is a bummer that we cannot get we cannot get that merch. Can't get my Coach Prime hoodie. No, I want it. Um, okay. How about you? What's your film? Okay, it, this is not a jab at, at the author of this piece, but there was this nine of the best places to get green chili in Denver to enjoy in Colorado this fall. Um, and it is prefaced as being, here's where you get pork green chili as Colorado's signature dish. I love, I read this and then I went to Torres yesterday for mm-hmm. lunch because mm-hmm. I had to get my favorite version of the green chili. The list is a little suspect. I'm just going to say it. What's wrong with it? Well, La Loma, I don't know if they serve. They're a Colorado institution. I don't know if I would qualify their chili as our kind of green chili, which is soupy, chunky with Mm -hmm. pork. You got to have a layer of grease over (laughs) the top of it. And that's not how I... Their chili doesn't come out that way to me. Also suspect... Little Taco de Mexico. Uh, yeah, that's the one we're going to talk about. <laughs> listen, Go on. Listen, uh, I'm not attacking. The, also, fellow, another James Beard acknowledged institution in Colorado. Most badass ladies. I love that restaurant because you go in and you do not see a man working there anywhere. This place is like head honcho women run that place and you wait in line and they will take your order when they are ready. But what this is really about to me is they don't do Colorado style green chili. 
It's green. It's not. I don't remember it having pork in it. I don't think it's it does. It's not soupy. And I just thought. It's a little soupy. This, but not in the way that our green chili is. And it, this list just felt a little bit um, misinformed. And I feel that it's spreading a little bit of misinformation about what, what Colorado green chili is. <laughs> not fake news. Just there's not, I mean, Chubby's is on there. That's a no dub. But like Lafayette is not on here. El Noah Noah is not on here. Like, I'm a little. This could be an AI generated list. That's Uh-oh. possible. Uh-oh. I, oh my gosh. This, that's something we did not talk about a deal is the influence of uh, AI in journalism, which has been so far kind of a nightmare. Um, uh, press releases. Press yeah. releases. Uh, obituaries, the most recently yeah, nightmare one. Bad one. Bad one. But at any rate, all I'm saying is I don't know if this is a correct list. And I feel that folks are getting a misunderstanding of what Colorado green chili is from it. And I just... I don't like to see that information out there. Yeah, we would say do your due diligence. Help with AI, but then make sure you go to the other <laughs> restaurants too. Uh, it's not going to give you Go into answers. the restaurant and check it out. Yeah, that's, yeah. that is the really the important takeaway. I, the El Taco de Mexico. I feel like that place is such an institution that whatever they're serving is Colorado style. And it is no. a smothered burrito. It is a green chili. It, it's made, it's not pork and green chili. It is a green chili. Paul. It's smothering a burrito. That should fall under the umbrella of Colorado style green chili to me. That's oh, my point. Okay, I'm d- redirecting you to one of our first episodes, maybe our first episode mm-hmm. ever with Gustavo Ariano, uh, the gentleman that wrote the He's book. He's an authority. I recognize On it. Mexican food across the country. He would tell you that is not true. I could tell you that. Patty think- Calhoun will tell you that is not true. Well, I might quibble with them too then well, on this point. Call in if you have some beefs with my definition of green chili. Um, Please do. Call into the Green Chili Controversy Hotline, 720-500-5418. Again, just a mild fail, but not not the end of the world. Uh, Let's get to wins. Paul, what is your Rocky Mountain High this week? My Rocky Mountain High, uh, it's a nice little story about a a jam band hero uh, here in Denver. Um, which so I was, band? I was on Reddit. I actually don't know what band. Um, so it, it, that's not what the her- heroism is about. It's about a, a post that I saw on the uh, Denver subreddit a few weeks ago. This person who goes by the, the name uh, Groove Mountains, um, they posted about a jam night that they were starting at this Grateful Dead themed bar. Which one? The one you're thinking of. So many roads. Exactly. Okay. So this person was like, I heard some rumors, but also this is a big opportunity and I'm really excited and this is where all my friends say this is the best Grateful Dead bar. Yeah. Um, so he, he, this person was like, what's up with these rumors? So this post turned into a huge conversation. It went, it was giant. It, it's the conversation we all are familiar with around Notorious Ding Dong, as you put it, Brie. Jay Bianchi. Um, Owner who, of many a Grateful Dead themed things. Um, mm-hmm. Has been f- known to abuse musicians in various ways. Yes. Uh, allegedly sexually assaulting multiple women, as we reported on this show. Um, I checked with the DPD. I knew I was going to talk about this. I checked with the DPD. I don't have an update on that investigation yet that's still open, but I will on the show soon. Anyway, the update from Groove Mountains is uh, after the post hit the front page of our Denver, they canceled, they relocated, they found a new place for their jam, and uh, it's on this Sunday evening. And thanks to the buzz created by the post, this is what they say. Thanks to the buzz created by the post, uh, that helped me secure this spot at Goosetown Tavern. And um, oh, nice. looks like it's going to be a huge, huge success. Jam sesh at the Goosetown, a new alternative Grateful Dead themed bar. 
Twin Cockers Tower. I've never actually been. I just kind of assumed oh, no. it was. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about my friends that do like hip hop nights there and soul nights. Oh, really? And, yeah, they'll have live music. Oh. My dear friend Mandy Yakis performs there as a Bennett bartender there. Yeah, I would I would say it is not your run of the mill Grateful Dead bar. However, bars in Denver are pretty open. You can hang out. <laughs> so go hang out with other jam guys. Yeah. At an ladies, inclusive dudes, welcoming people. space. Okay. Okay. I like that. There you go. Um, I'll go. My win is I found out this week that my family has a little personal connection to the saving of the Sid King's Crazy Horse Neon Sign. Um, Corky Scholl from Save the Signs did a little two-minute piece on – so the sign exists now in what we know as the Crazy Horse Bar. We've interviewed mm-hmm. Stephen Alex, the owner. The new Crazy Horse. The new Crazy Horse Bar, which is awesome. Um, and it's hanging there. You can see it. It's this gorgeous neon sign. But um, it was actually saved from being thrown in the trash in 1984 by my uncle, Ed Coots, and his best friend, Reed Weimer. Um, both of them are artists. They met in art school. Reed's, Reed's been a foundational figure here in the art scene. You might know him from early pirate days. Um, he's uh, pirate art gallery days. He's just, he's, he's an incredible artist and he's also a neon sign, uh, guy. He, I think he works on them, but at any rate, he saw, he drove, he drives by, this is the eighties. He's like, oh man, that sign is going in the trash. I am going to possibly illegally remove it from this building. Who do I call? Ed Coots. My partner in crime, my uncle. So he and my <laughs> uncle went and pulled it off of the wall and saved it. And it exists to this day because my Thanks uncle, to them. my uncle Ed and, and Reed Weimer uh, saved the sign. So I'll share a link to that in the show notes. It's a beautiful little vignette of them telling the story of Reed telling the story, but, um, uh, to, to what, where, where did they, they told this somewhere? They told it to save the signs, which is oh, like right, a right, Facebook right. group that Corky Scholl runs. He's a photojournalist here, mm-hmm. but he also runs this group that, saves neon signs so i have a little personal connection to the saving of the crazy horse sign and shout out to my uncle ed if you're a librarian he's kind of famous in the library community ed coots but um but yeah the librarians listening like ed we have a librarian contingent you know this we have some fans in the library world so but at any rate yeah i was really excited to learn that incredible incredible story i mean to be uh, to know that you preserved something so great and to have the foresight, that moment, seeing it in the trash yeah. and recognizing, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Reed, I mean, <laughs> Reed knows, Reed knows good. He knows good art. So, Adil, what about you? I think that the thing that comes to mind for me this week has been uh, Denver Startup Week. I mentioned earlier the idea that was presented was give first um, and like help each other. There was this real spirit of inclusion and uh, folks trying to support people who are really trying to get off the ground and uh, building a startup's hard. You know, there's a lot of failures, there's a lot of uh, challenges along the way, and to know that you have a supportive community uh, is really powerful. I also would say that one thing that is a big takeaway for me this week uh, that's just exciting about being in a city like Denver is I have been in the city, in the center of it, like living in the center of it more or less for the last 10 years. And I lived in my own bubble of public education and didn't even know that Denver Startup Week existed. I didn't know there was this energy. I didn't know there was this community. Um, And I would encourage, this would have been incredibly exciting to me when I was a teacher in Denver. It would have still been really inspiring. I wish I would have gone before. So I think that for listeners, I would say, go to these things. Like you'll meet someone interesting. You'll be inspired by someone's work. And um, 
And I think that Denver has a lot of these kinds of things going on, totally. not just necessarily startups. And uh, it was just a reminder to me that like sometimes, you know, we travel to experience new things. We, um, and that's important. I love traveling, but, you know, sometimes in your own city, there are these like really interesting, compelling communities that, uh, where you can learn and, and explore and, you know, these people want you to be there. They're like excited that you came. Um, and, and that's special. I think, and I think what's really special too is um, we hear from folks a lot. They are newer to the city. They don't know how to meet people. They want to form community, and sometimes it's as simple as is going and checking out something that already exists and finding out how you can fit into that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, this was such an uplifting conversation, um, Paul. Ideal. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. Thanks, Bree. Thanks, Ideal. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were Paul Caroli and Olivia Jewell-Love. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. I'm Bree Davies, your host. Our music is by Los Mochachetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at CityCast Denver and tell Senator John Hickenlooper about us next time you see him. You can sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. I, I literally cannot hear the difference. I can for some reason.